Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up today, more aircraft have been ordered by Alaska Airlines. I'll take a look into its future plans, while Tom will look at the week in which two countries re-enabled travel. Joe will give us the latest on Iceland's newest airline startup, while I, I explore what more airlines want in terms of travel. Finally, I'll recap some of the insight from Steve Udvarhezi, chairman of Airlease Cap Corp at last week's Kappa Live event. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And I started last week, so I think it's your turn, Joe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, why not break with tradition and, and put me first? Um, but we're also <laughs> breaking with tradition because for the second week in a row, we are talking about aircraft orders. Hurrah! Wow. <laughs> so um, this week, it was the turn of Alaska Airlines, which has ordered some new Embraer E-175 aircraft and has also exercised options on more Boeing 737 Maxes. Um, so the airline's looking to see domestic travel returning to pre-crisis levels, hopefully by summer 2022. That's the basis on which it's doing its planning um, mm. and essentially is looking to grow its fleet. So um, last week they added 17 new Embraer jets to the regional fleet, which will start delivering in 2022. Um, the 17175s, um, nine of them will go to Horizon Air and eight will be flown by SkyWest, which obviously will operate under the Alaska Airlines brand. Um, but essentially a separate airlines um and five of those e-175s will be at horizon in 2022 with the rest of them coming in 2023 and all eight of the skywest planes will enter service for alaska in 2022 so you know that's quite a lot of new regional aircraft coming along mm. um you know definitely signs of positivity in terms of the uh, the domestic market at least um yeah, but definitely. alaska's adding to the mainline fleet as well Oh. Um, so it's exercised its options for 13 additional Boeing 737 MAX 9s. Um, those are going to start delivering in 2023. So, you know, while the MAX 9 does definitely fly domestic, it goes a lot further than that as well. So, mm. uh, you know, hopefully those will uh, those are indicating some sort of potential uptick in international travel as well as domestic. Um, yeah. And in fact, when it announced the order, Alaska Airlines also revealed a new international connection. So um, it's okay. going to be the fourth country to join the carrier's route network. And it's Belize. Um, so coming soon is what they've told us. The, the hmm. schedules and routes for the flights to Belize City will be announced hopefully in early June um, and tickets are going to go on sale straight away. Um, so that's good news. A new destination for Alaska Airlines flyers. Um, yeah, definitely. And somewhere quite exotic. I'd love to go to Belize. Mm, take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So along with its brand new aircraft that are coming along, um, the airline's also pressing ahead with retrofits on its Boeing 737 cabins. So... Um, you know, if you remember back, it rolled out a new cabin design in the aftermath of its merger with Virgin America. Mm. Um, but it had kind of put the whole project on pause due to the crisis. 
Um, but speaking at their earnings call, Andrew Harrison, who's chief commercial officer at Alaska, said that they've restarted installing satellite Wi-Fi on the aircraft. They've also um, they're also going to be undertaking a refurbishment of the 737 fleet, such as the 800s and 900 ERs. And they're going to be refurbishing the remaining Q400s that need new carpets and seat covers. Mm. And in his words, you're going to see a whole new refreshed look at our fleet over the next couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, if you're flying Alaska Airlines soon, you'll not only potentially have a brand new plane or a bl- brand new destination, but even if you're on an old one, it'll look like a new one. <laughs> So uh, just to wrap up the Alaska Airlines news, um, they announced this week a code share with American Airlines on flights between Seattle and Shanghai. Um, They they obviously need to get the permission of the Department of Transportation in order to go ahead with this, but they're really keen to get things started as soon as possible. Um, Mm. And if you remember back last summer, American Airlines actually sought approval to move its Shanghai service from Los Angeles to Seattle. Um, And that makes a lot of sense. How do you remember that? Do you not? I, I, remember, <laughs> I do remember it. I, I like seeing where they're going Trans-Pacific. It's one of my mm. um, geeky routes. Um, but yeah, Alaska's a lot bigger in Seattle than American Airlines was in LAX. So, you know, in terms of onward connections, it makes loads of sense. Um, but they obviously won't be announcing the route until some travel restrictions are lifted mm. because nobody can go anywhere right now. Or very well, few of us can go very few places. <laughs> talking about lifting travel restrictions, if you yeah. were in Belize with Alaska Airlines, there is now a country that you can enter without quarantining. Oh, fabulous. Where's that? So it's my lovely home here, Germany. Um, (laughs) So, you know, like they've got, for a long time, they've had this um, list. It used to just be one list of every country and then they split it up into into four different categories. It's called the uh, RKI, or I call it the RKI list because it's from the Robert Koch Institute um, who does the sort of the the disease science here. A bit um, like John Hopkins in the yeah, US. Yeah, yeah. It's like the German John Hopkins. Let's let's go with that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's um, they've got f- uh, three categories that really matter on this list is uh, virus variant, variant areas, high incidence areas, and risk areas. And then if they're not in one of those categories, they're not listed, so they're just another country. Um, previously, you had to come from an unlisted country uh, to not have to quarantine coming into Germany. And they were very few and far between because the sort of general consensus for being a, off of the list was that you had to have incidents below 50. Okay. <laughs> um, which has been very hard to achieve recently. But what has happened is that they've now decided that everywhere just that's just a risk area, um, you don't have to quarantine as long as you've either been vaccinated, um, had COVID-19 within the past six months and recovered, or if you have a negative test within, I think, 48 hours of arrival. So, okay. um, you know, happy days there because I, I did the maths and I'm not going to list every country because we're going to be here forever. But um, <laughs> there's over 100 countries that you can now travel to Germany from uh, without quarantining. As This is as far as the... Um, the COVID guidelines go. So there may still be like visa requirements and that yeah, um, sure. saying like you couldn't come in. But as far as the actual entry is uh, required, if you come from any of these unlisted countries or risk countries now, um, you don't have to quarantine. And That's Germany hasn't been news. the only place doing that. All right. Where's the other place then? You should know that. <laughs> Are we talking about the green list again? <laughs> We're talking about, yeah, the UK's 
ridiculously small green list. Green list. Um, <laughs> that is, well, it actually went into effect this week. So you can now realistically travel to, I think, two or three destinations um, yeah. without quarantining on your return. But you've still got to pay who knows how much for a PCR test because why not? Um, yeah. So I was reading today that Matt Hancock was saying he was fuming at totally responsible airlines for adding extra flights to amber countries, according to The Express, which is a newspaper in the UK. Um, and obviously the sort of UK's official guidelines say that you shouldn't travel to an amber country, but they don't say that you can't. No. Um, but I was just kind of laughing at it, thinking that a better headline would have been airlines fuming at totally irresponsible government travel bans. Um, <laughs> just because like, I, I understand that you need some sort of system, but I just think what they have at the moment isn't fit for purpose. No, it's not great, really. And, uh, you know, the cost of the PCR tests alone is going to be too restrictive for most families to consider yeah. going away. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure everyone realises what the requirements are. You know, some people seem quite surprised that they have mm. to pay all this money for tests when, yeah. you know, they they book their travel. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one. Yeah, and well, because you can't just book any test as well. It's you've got to like go for a government provider who's been authorized to charge so much. You know, you can't take a free test or whatnot. Yeah, so that's <laughs> it. Happy days. Difficult but, um, times. Difficult times. Yeah, but um, I mean, a lot of countries or airlines still aren't happy with this. But I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Well, one of the places you can travel, according to the UK's Green List, is Iceland. And as of this week, there's a new way to get there. Well, um, not quite. Well, Soon. <laughs> as, as of this week, there's a new way to buy a ticket to get there. Yes. <laughs> so new Iceland airline, which is calling itself Play, has officially launched its ticket sales today. Mm. Um, I'm speaking to you on Tuesday. So by the time this goes out, it will have been selling tickets for a couple of days, maybe following some flights. We don't know. Um, it received its air operator certificate at the weekend and has wasted no time in selling tickets for its inaugural route, which is going to be between Iceland's Keflavik Airport and London Stansted, Tom's favourite airport. It was the world's best airport, not my favourite airport. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's good news. The UK's green list is saying go to Iceland and Iceland's yep. only one of a couple of places that's feasible to travel to right now. So it's mm, going to be I launching. Even go. to get into Iceland, they, you have to be vaccinated. I think if you're not vaccinated, you have to quarantine still. I, I didn't actually check that out. I didn't realise that. I was digging into that earlier because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go on this inaugural play flight because Joe doesn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go. I just, uh, yeah, can't can't suck it up at the moment. It's my daughter's 11th birthday and she's costing mm. me a fortune at the moment. So uh, anyway, the airline is starting on June the 24th and it's launching with four times a week flights. Um, so those are going to be going on Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. Sundays, sorry, not Saturdays. Um, and it's going to be operating with its one A321neo, um, which mm. is due to arrive, I think, beginning of June. And then they're expecting another two A321neos in July. And when they get those extra aircraft, they're looking to make Stansted a daily. Um, so, you know, nice new bright Red airline for Stansted, um, yeah. but as well as London Stansted, plays put tickets on sale for six more European destinations. So okay. these are Alicante, Tenerife, Barcelona in Spain, Copenhagen in Denmark, Berlin in Germany, and Paris 
in France. Um, and I checked out on the booking engine. So all of these will be launched by the end of July. The next one coming is June 29th for Tenerife. Then mm. we've got Berlin on July the 2nd. We've got Alicante on July the 13th. We've got Barcelona on July the 16th. Paris on July the 15th. And Copenhagen on July the 22nd. Um, so in terms of fare levels, we knew this was going to be a low-cost airline and it's definitely living up to that promise. If you have mm. a look on the uh, booking engine, the fares start at £30, which is around $42 um, for flights from London to Keflavik. That mm. doesn't include taxes and fees and whatnot. So, um, so by the time you actually get to the checkout, the price has ramped up substantially. But, uh, wow. you know, do go and check it out. If that's not cheap enough for you, there are also a 1,000 free tickets loaded into the system, not just for London, but for its other destinations as well. So mm. the way to find those, you basically search through the calendar and if a fare is showing a zero, it means at least one free seat is available. Now, this is where I fell down because I wanted to take my kids and potentially my husband, I'm not too sure mm. yet. Um, <laughs> but if more than one person is booking, there needs to be that many free seats available. If there aren't enough free seats, you can't give a free seat to one person and everybody else pays. The whole yeah. group gets moved up to the next fair tier. Fair tier. Yeah. Fair tier, yeah. Fair tier. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it becomes a little bit more expensive. And your bookings must be made for return trips as free tickets are not valid on one-way flights. That scuppered me again because I thought, well, I could go my own, on my own on the inaugural. Mm. Um, but then I've got to stay in Iceland for three nights and it's not the cheapest place. So, uh, you could have come back with another airline. Yeah, but you've got to book return and oh. that's skip lagging and that's naughty. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to upset a brand new airline before they've even got started. Fair enough. <laughs> So um, we don't know much about the plane yet. We do know it's an A321neo. It's going to be registered TFAEW. Um, and the A321neo can have up to 220 seats, but Play have gone for 192. So hopefully there'll be lots of legroom and, and a bit more space than some low-cost airlines. Mm. Um, and... We actually managed to get an interview with the CEO, Berger Johnson, who likes to be known as uh, Biggie. <laughs> He's okay. actually a, a drummer in an Icelandic band. They, they tried out for the Eurovision Song Contest a couple of years ago and they sound awesome. He's like proper rock dude. Anyway, mm. um, he actually thinks this is a great time to start an airline. He said that actually because of the pandemic, the opportunity to for play has actually got bigger um you know he said if we are well funded like we are they've got 50 million quid in uh, 50 million dollars in their pocket yeah. he said you can actually do it on your own terms it's a great time to lease aircraft you can basically pick and choose the right kind of aircraft for your needs and there's lots of access to many highly qualified and trained staff and crew yeah. um he also said the competition's weak it's damaged and because they're coming into the market well funded with no burden of debt he's absolutely sure they're going to be a success so best mm. of luck to them for the inaugural next month yeah and well of course we'll keep everyone who loves to read and listen to us updated when that happens <laughs> definitely so i've been so good so far and not talked about lufthansa and british airways so i feel like it's time to change that <laughs> it couldn't last could it <laughs> yeah so well you know i did there was so much more i could have said on the topic but i kind of dialed it down a little bit so um Interestingly, you know, like BA was for obviously very happy that they could now fly people to Portugal. Um, yeah. But 
it's not good enough for Sean Doyle. Um, and I, I, I agree with Sean Doyle, it's not good enough. But um, what he really wants to see is America being on the green list so that you can fly to and from the States with no quarantine. And he commented, we need the government to start progressively assigning green status to many more low-risk countries. Mm-hmm. It's clear to us that America should be on the green list and the importance of the US and UK cannot be underestimated. Prohibiting travel to and from the US not only stops loved ones being together, it has a considerable cost to the economy. And we reckon every day we're shut, it's costing £32 million or $45 million per day. Wow. Okay. So, you know, like they're keen for the US. And, you know, the US is um, is doing relatively well in terms of managing this you know like i'm sure vaccinations are getting rolled out quickly aren't they yeah people will have seen that if you um have uh if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask in lots of settings in the u.s now of course you still have to wear a mask on a plane Mm -hmm. um and the seven day average of new cases is down to thirty two thousand, which it sounds a lot but across the whole of the country it's it's not that that a lot, lot lower than it was yeah, you know, um, the number of positive tests has um, dropped. And according to like the latest figures from Google, now 50% of the population have had at least one vaccine dose and uh, 38 have had two vaccine doses. So, um, you know, That's I, it's pretty it's, good. It, it does seem from looking at the numbers sort of across the world that the vaccine is, is working. Um, and well, it, it's interesting because it, it's something that needs to happen on both sides because you know i mentioned um germany's reopened to a lot of these countries yeah well the u.s is one of them but the problem is that the u.s still has this um you can't travel if you've been in the schengen zone for the past 14 days oh right um, okay which was introduced like, like almost march, a year ago it must have been more, year, of, march more April, than a year I think. ago yeah yeah um but it's really crazy because, you know, the, the epicenter of COVID-19 has moved around a lot in the past year. And I, I think it's fair to say, like, even though Europe had its third wave, you know, things got better. And if it shouldn't have been on there for a whole year is, is what I think when yeah. you could have traveled to other, from other places like Turkey, you know, with no problem. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Yes. And one person who would agree with me. <laughs> is uh, Lufthansa's Harry Hörmeister, and I've probably said that wrong, so I apologise. <laughs> um, but just today, he was calling for a clear perspective on USA travel. And according to Lufthansa, demand for flights to the USA has increased by up to 300%. Um, right. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they can't, you know, you can't fly there from Europe. Even, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's not great. So something really needs to happen there. Um, they were talking it about it last month, but nothing's really been firmed up, has it? Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, hot air, maybe, um, <laughs> blowing around. No, um, I, I've seen like a lot of sort of rumours that um, when Biden is in the UK for this, uh, I think it's the G7 summit. Oh, yes, um, down in my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could go and see Air Force One, maybe. No, that'll land at Stansted. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've heard um, sort of rumours here and there, or lots of sort of chatter on social media that it's going to happen, like it's going to be announced when he's over. But it's just, you know, like I I just get on with it. Um, I think yeah, really. Actually, the next make um, a date. Yeah, I don't think the green list is actually due to be the UK's green list is due to be 
um, what's the word? Um, reviewed? Reviewed, revised uh, for another <laughs> two weeks now. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, fingers crossed for more destinations and yeah. for a, a US travel corridor soon. Mm. Um, so I wanted to wrap up today, really, with um, just some feedback. I, I had the pleasure of listening to Mr. Steve Udvar-Hazy, which is yeah. who is one of my favourite um, aviation gurus in the whole wide world. Um, he is, of course, chairman of Air Lease Corporation, and uh, they're one of the biggest leases in the world. And he's been in aviation forever. So it's always really interesting to hear his perspective and mm. and uh, see what he thinks is going on. So in terms of the pandemic, he said at last week's interview that aviation's really lost everything it earned since World War II. Um, all the profits that were so hard earned have gone. Many airlines have mortgaged everything, including planes, slots, airport terminals, ground facilities, frequent flyer programmes. They've basically borrowed against every possible asset and even yeah. virtual assets that they don't really own. Um, so, you know, not a great way to kick off his interview. But he said, you know, more than ever, it's become clear how valuable leases are to yeah. the airlines. Um, you know, they need these third parties to be able to continue with fleet modernisation. Um, and actually, I didn't realise, but at the turn of the year in January, they actually crossed the threshold of more than half the world's aircraft now being leased. Okay. So <laughs> it used to be somewhere around 35 to 40%. Now it's yeah. more than half. Um, so well, I know recently are... we've seen lots and lots of stories of this airline sold its aircraft to lease them back. And this airline, yeah. like Virgin, had the 2787s, for example. I think, you know, leases have really been a cushion to airlines in these, mm. these tricky times. Um so leases are doing very well out of it. Um, but what's interesting is the step change in the demand for new aircraft. Um, so he was explaining, you know, a decade ago, airlines were incredibly concerned about future airport capacity. With yeah. slot controlled airports, you know, there was no way to grow other than getting larger planes. So big was beautiful, you know, and we saw the A380 and other large planes. Now things have kind of swung the other way. Um, mm. And smaller planes are being seen as more flexible, smaller wide bodies in particular. Particular. Um, and he said, you know, this shift to smaller aircraft, it's going to be a big setback for the 777X, particularly with it still being a few years away. Um, yeah. But, you know, as international travel rebounds, maybe there will be a place for the 777X. Um, but alongside the demand for smaller wide bodies, he also spoke quite a lot about the long range narrow body, um, you know, and, and the high demand for these really capable small aircraft to do these point to point routes. And, hmm. you know, the demand is seen already in Air Lease's order book in with Boeing and Airbus. So they've got around 400 aircraft on order. Less than 30 of those are wide bodies. The rest is all new generation you know, narrow body aircraft. And a yeah. lot of them are the long range, like the A321LR and the A321XLR. Mm. Um, he says that if the A321XLR proves to be a success, it could change the way we fly long haul forever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's low production rates on wide bodies at Airbus and Boeing. And that's due to carry on for some time. And he thinks, you know, overall, globally, we'll see a reduction in wide bodies and we'll all mm. be flying smaller aircraft quicker, you know, on point-to-point -point routes um, and doing less of the kind of hub-and-spoke business. 
Um, but the last thing that I really found interesting from what he was reflecting on was the the fact that Boeing doesn't really have a competitor to the A321. You know, the Max 10 is their largest airplane in terms of the narrow body, and it's not a direct A321 competitor. It just doesn't mm. have the same capabilities. You know, it can't carry as much cargo. It can't go as far. It doesn't have as much seating capacity. It just doesn't quite match up. And, and it's not yet certified, is it? The 10? Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be, it will be, and it's <laughs> going to be a great aircraft. You know, he said there'll be demand for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just doesn't quite make it up to the A321 capacity range, etc. Mm. Um, and Boeing's not going to be able to address this until they develop a brand new airplane. And that's going to be, what, six, seven, eight years away. Um, mm. So his projection is that with the A321 at the top end that Boeing can't compete with and the A220 at the bottom end that Boeing also can't compete with, Airbus is going to end up with a 65% market share in the mm. single aisle. So, uh, well, good for them. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, come on, Boeing, <laughs> let's have a new <laughs> mid-range aircraft or a future small airplane or whatever it is. I think we, we need it now. We need competition. Mm. So I think uh, after that <laughs> bit of waffle, <laughs> that's about <laughs> all we've got time for today. Um, as usual, we welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye.